back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official podcast at Goomastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. It's a photogenic week. It's a photogenic week, perfect for the audio medium of a podcast. We also have with us uh, writer Marty Allen. Hello, internet friends. <laughs> pleasure to have you on again, as always, sir. My pleasure to be here. Oh, we love it. Uh, so we got a big show for you guys today. Obviously, it is a very, as Mark said, a very photogenic-themed episode. We are finally going to get around to talking about Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap, rather. But before we do that, Mark is going to share with us a very cool piece of technology that he's been experimenting with lately. The, uh, what's it called? The the Instax Mini... Mini Link. Yes. That's what it's called. The Instax Mini Link. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this very cool uh, photography tool. So, if you didn't know, in 1999, if you went to a Blockbuster, they had these kiosks, and it was called the Pokemon Snap Station. I think that's the full name of it. But what it was is you brought your N64 cartridge, and you had, like, a key card, and you would go to the machine and be able to print out your Pokemon Snap pictures. And Nintendo never did anything like it again after that. There was the Game Boy printer, but that was, like way beforehand but there was nothing else after that so now with pokemon snaps obviously back which we'll get to later but with new pokemon snap they have a way of printing photos now but that way of printing photos is literally just for the nintendo switch itself and that is with fujifilm's instax link (laughs) mini link it has such a long name but (laughs) um yeah it's a Fujifilm device, and what they're doing with it is later this month, they're going to come out with a Pikachu silicone case that goes like over the printer device. And what the printer device is, is it's basically a Fujifilm instant print camera, except it's turned into a printer. So you could print whatever the heck you want on your phone. It could be pictures from Nintendo games. It could be pictures from third-party games, indies. It could even be like just your own pictures you took outside with someone. So, yeah, that's... Absolutely fascinating. So, okay. Uh, obviously, I don't know the technology behind this. So, it, it's like it links to your phone? Yes. So, there's like a dedicated phone app. And I okay. swear to God, this thing has one button. And it's to literally both turn it on and activate the Bluetooth. And it sounds really primitive, but it's not. It's actually really See, cool how it works. You know, to, to me, this sounds exactly like my speed. Like, it's a one button. It's idiot proof. It's like, great, that's what I need. <laughs> like, if it, for, for the listeners behind the scenes, every single time we record this podcast, it, uh, one of us, usually me, has some kind of an audio issue. So to me, like, a one button, you know, disconnects Device. and it works is like, sounds pretty perfect. I don't know. But uh, it prints Fujifilm, which... If you don't know, it's instant film, which is basically like Polaroid. Polaroid is what everyone calls it, even though they're like the brand. It's how everyone in America calls something by a brand name, which is ridiculous, but that's what we do. But yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It prints pictures and it's cool. (laughs) I think it's interesting because when you first were talking about this, when you were first telling us about this, Mark, maybe two, three weeks ago, I was under the assumption that this is only for new Pokemon Snap. But it's like, no, 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 it's just, it's a it's a full-on printer. It works with anything. Yeah, it prints with uh, anything. They're just bundling it with the Pikachu case. And it has, like, Pokemon yeah. and Animal Crossing art on, like, the packaging. Right. So it's interesting. So it's being marketed as if it is a, you know, Nintendo printer. But really, it's it's a printer for, for anybody interested in printing stuff off their phone. Yeah, they just made, like, a special app that's separate from the regular one. And it has Nintendo filters included in it. So, I was about to ask you about the filters. Um, so, again, can't really tell over the podcast, but uh, Mark sent Marty and myself 
some really cute pictures that he took presumably earlier today with some of these filters on them. Um, what do we got? We got little. We got like some cool borders with an apum in the corner. We've got what else we have here? Uh, some eight bit kind of stuff looking on. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Some some cool looking stuff here. Why don't you talk a little bit about about those features, Mark? Yeah. So what I wanted to do first of all was test the filters. That was the first thing I did. I don't have Pokemon Snap, so I can't really talk about that but i did put like these snap filters on other images of pokemon and stuff but Mm -hmm. what it does is you have a selection of different frames they call it and you literally just put them on the border of the picture and that's all they are they don't do anything like special outside of aesthetic because why would they it's a picture (laughs) but uh yeah some of them are really cool like i did one of kk slider and it has like an animal crossing pattern on the bottom and since um kk like the way he appears at the beginning of the game if you played it in the dream sequence there's like this huge black bar where the text is supposed to appear and instead of having where the text is supposed to appear i was able to cover up this huge space with like a filter so that way there's an image at the bottom and then i have like the cool four by three image of kk slider yeah, it looks it looks like an album cover it's very cool <laughs> <laughs> but then i did like other stuff like the one i'm holding right now in my hand is like my girlfriend and i a photo we did in animal crossing and then it's like i put the date of the photo which they don't have every date available i don't know if they will in the future they just so happen to have december 12th which is when my switch said the photo was taken so that worked out nice there um, you go Oh, honestly, for for those interested listening uh, on the website, I'll put a picture of like some of the different Polaroid Polaroids. Great, now I'm calling it that. <laughs> some of the dis- <laughs> got, some of got, the different uh, some of the different instant film that I've been taking. But uh, yeah. I have another one here of Pikmin three, and it's like the ending with the ship leaving uh, Planet Kopai. I have um, the ending picture from Super Mario sixty four. Uh, Bowser Jr. looking at Corona Mountain Uh, at the beginning of Castlevania where Simon enters the castle and it's like the iconic theme and the gate. Uh, The ending of Famicom Detective Club where he's looking out on the train Um, to experiment with the Pokemon filters. I did like one where it's like there's a, as you said before, it's like a filter. There's like an APOM in the corner and it says new Pokemon Snap on it. But uh, yeah, they have a wide range of different stuff. The Mario stuff is a little bit... um, tacky <laughs> it doesn't I you searching heard you searching for a word there yeah it Shall doesn't um, it, it, it doesn't look great the mario ones the pokemon ones are really nice i mean it's ken sugimori and the other artists behind new pokemon snap and stuff so it looks great uh the animal crossing ones are also like a little tacky-ish they have some really cool patterns and stuff i just hope they really expand upon everything that's available in this collection because I like the simplistic stuff, like the KK oh, yeah. Slider one, which I'll include in the article. It's very simplistic. Like you said, it looks like an album cover. It just looks natural. But some of the other ones, there's a bit too much going on or like their placement's a little weird. And since you're working already with a small space on these photos, you know, it, it's a little, I don't want to say it's difficult to look at because they all look nice, but some just do too much. Right. Well, that's always the issue with like, you know, with photo editing in general is like mm-hmm. how much is too much to, you know, to edit on the photo or like the filter, you know? Um, yeah, I have uh, a, my wife and I have the Fuji, I guess it's the same, I guess it's like the same thing. I have the, the 
the camera version of what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, it's literally, like I just have a printer that prints it from your iPhone or your right. Samsung phone or whatever the heck smart device you have. Exactly. But but I've, I've always enjoyed the, as you just said, the, the simplicity of it. And they, it's literally just you point and shoot. It has maybe one or two options for like low light mm-hmm. or indoors or whatever. But it's a it's a nice little device. So so to hear that the the printer itself works in much the same way is is really cool. And I yeah I hope I hope that they get up to speed with some cool. I hope they continue to support it with some cool new filters and you know different different games, different aesthetics. I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, it would. I mean, the one thing I noticed about them is that on the Animal Crossing and Mario um, frames, it says the copyright date's twenty twenty because it appears in the corner in like a small text font and then on the pokemon snap ones it says 2021 so clearly this was in the works for like a while if nintendo made theirs before you know the pokemon company got it yeah well i mean who knows we'll see what we'll see what shakes out uh down the line um anything else about this this cool device before we move on to our main event if you like tangible photos i recommend it I mean, if you already like Fujifilm and you wanted to get an Instax printer, go for it. If you could find this Pikachu case when it comes out, supposedly it's coming out May 30th. Fujifilm really hasn't given a date. They don't usually give too many dates on their products. They're a little weird with releases. They'll kind of just like bullseye a date and then it'll start appearing in stores. So I would say start looking at this time in like the photography sections if you're really trying to find this thing because ebay prices if you look at anything pokemon they're not good (laughs) yeah Yeah, i have i have a couple of quick questions like because i'm intrigued by the product i'm like somebody who's sort of on the fence about it i actually uh, actively do print from my switch already and my process is like i pull out my sd card and then i put it into my computer and then i do prints because i have a good printer uh so um my first question is like so how so how does how does it connect to the Switch itself? Like, how does it get the photos? Do you have so, to get your photos to your phone still? Yes. So okay. if you go on your Switch and you go to your photo album and you click A on any photo, mm-hmm. uh, a menu pops up. And the second option allows you to send a batch of 10 photos by QR code to your phone. Oh, that's, and then you that literally, was a... It's really right. simple. You just pull out the camera on your phone. You scan it. That's it. You get all 10 pictures. That was a new update. That's good. That's a really cool thing that they did, actually. That's very interesting. Um, so then when you're interacting with putting filters on, that's in an app on your phone? Yes. And you okay. can either do like the photos directly from the Switch one at a time, which is really time-consuming. I don't know why they would honestly even give you the option. It's kind of ridiculous. But you're better off just downloading the batch and then just like pumping them out from there. And so, um, okay, I promise only two more questions. So, the, <laughs> how many, how many, how many photos are in a like a little Instamax cartridge? Okay, so for pricing, I believe they usually go on sale. You can find them at Michaels and Urban Outfitters. Urban Outfitters always does buy one get one fifty percent off for all Fujifilm products. So, if you're looking for stock up on these a really convenient way but yeah there's 10 in a pack or cartridge as they call it a film pack Uh and you usually get about two in a box if it's a special design like snoopy or like years ago they had like a pikachu design which i don't know why they didn't bring back but um those are usually like 10 pieces of film for like ten dollars so it's about a dollar per sheet of photo 
Well, I'm pretty interested at this point as like an old Polaroid enthusiast, um, if you'll forgive the reuse of that of that term. And so my last question is like the Pikachu case, like I, I haven't like studied this as a product and I, I just kind of figured it would be like a package deal where it's like you order the Instamax and it comes with the Pikachu case. That's like an extra thing. You need to get the case on top of your... Your, your little guy i wish it was that simple yeah. they did a special bundle so you have to buy the printer with the case you can't buy okay. the case by itself okay and i have no i have no idea how many they're gonna make but i do know one thing which is fujifilm's usually good at production and i think people are like just hiking the price right now i don't okay. think it's going to be that high when it releases i think honestly you'll be able to find it i hope so right all right well it's one well, of those thank things you for where... indulging yeah, it sounds like it's going to be one of those things where if you're, you know, if, if this is a thing that you want, if this this Pikachu case is a thing that you want, it's like you just said, Mark, like, start scouting out now. Like, I, I've often had success if I if I go to my local Target or GameStop or whatever, being like, yo, do you know when you're getting this thing? Like, do you know specifically when? Like, oftentimes, if you go in and you know exactly the the product that you want, they, they can be kind of helpful in that regard. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Um, you know, so who knows? I don't know. It's it's not a bad idea to to at least start asking the question. You know, if this is a a product that you want, knowing the limited nature of certain, you know, <laughs> Nintendo slash Pokemon themed <laughs> physical items. Yeah, I don't know if this is gonna be like everywhere because I think pre-orders have only gone live on like Amazon, maybe Best Buy. I- I'm sure it'll be at like Target, Urban Outfitters, and like stuff like that. This seems like something that Urban Outfitters would definitely have, considering they they generally carry the film, Fuji film and the, yeah. they and the have Fuji a cameras section. themselves. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I, hell, I've bought one there before. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this is a an Urban Outfitters thing as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Keep your keep your eyes peeled. I guess. Awesome. Well, thanks for the the first impressions of this cool photo device, Mark. I can't wait to see what other pictures you take and and what you post on the on the site when you start mm-hmm. messing around with the. You know, more yes, features. my review, I'm hoping it'll be out tomorrow as we're recording this, which is usually the same day the podcast goes live, so Thursday. I did a, uh, a guide on, like, how to use it if you're interested with, like, the oh, specifics and literally turning it on, getting it started, putting in the film, printing, and doing, like, everything, like, step one to ten. Awesome. See, this is, this is a peripheral that actually, you know, and I know it's not really a peripheral, but this is a... This is a peripheral that actually makes sense to me, you know, <laughs> like oh, yeah, out of all the, you know, out of all the things that you could add, I think it's great. Yeah, it's a perfect um, addition for Pokemon Snap. It's definitely, I mean, we were never going to get something like the the blockbuster again, so it's a it's a good alternative. Sure. Well, and I mean, just having physical screenshots in general, like I, I take a lot of screenshots on my Switch, and then they just kind of. Sit, sit on my switch yeah. <laughs> you know and same thing with my my playstation like I, I i like taking screenshots i like taking videos but then it's like well now what do i do with them like every now and then i'll put one on my twitter or something but it's nice to have a physical thing you can Collection. make a collage out of yeah. it you could yeah exactly you and they sell it, like no. fujifilm books and stuff like that so you yeah. can literally put together a physical album which yeah, tangible so medium I, I, we all know is it, it's always nice yeah it's true for fans of this podcast they will they will know that we you know we, we like physical things here um so yeah i I don't know i'll I'll talk a little bit more about that when we start talking about new pokemon snap because there is an interesting pre-order bonus that that came with that if you went to target so uh that being said uh check out mark's little write-up about this device over on goomba stomp which will hopefully be out by the time you are listening to this and with that we're gonna take a quick break and then we will come back and marty and arga go in depth on new pokemon snap so stay tuned (laughs) 
talk a little bit about new Pokemon Snap, the long-awaited new Pokemon Snap. Two decades or more of people clamoring for a new Pokemon Snap, and at least to me, I think it's pretty much exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, Marty, you've been playing the hell out of this game. Why don't you? What do you yeah. think about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say it was a clamor, more like a, a persistent murmur. But I was definitely, <laughs> uh, I was among the murmurers. I think of you know, I enjoyed the N sixty four edition. Uh, long ago long sure. ago when we played pokemon and uh, you you said it perfectly like it really it just delivers exactly what i was hoping for it's a perfect update of a game that i loved and i'm really really enjoying it um yeah 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 i don't know yeah uh, how, how far have you dug in uh, honestly not very far i'm actually glad that we're talking about this game like what two weeks after it came out Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe a little longer, three weeks. Uh, just because I feel like the, you know, when it first came out, everybody was quick to jump on the bandwagon of it's just more Pokemon Snap. There's nothing innovative about it. It's da 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 da. I felt well, like I felt like there was a, a little bit of that when it first came out. But having spent a couple couple weeks with it and kind of enjoying it as a a nightly ritual, I guess. You know, I do a course or two, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. Like, just a course or two at a time, very low-key kind of experience, instead of trying to, to rush it out over a weekend or something like that. And I've been I've been hugely enjoying it. Uh, I will say, I, I'm not very plugged into the Pokemon community at this point. I, I haven't played a mainstream Pokemon game since, like, Black or something. Well, yeah, that um, makes us pretty... I think that makes us funny Pokemon commentators, because I'm in a similar zone where, I mean, I, oh, I love... I love Pokemon as a as a franchise. I love the monster designs. I oh, love sure. the world. Here, here's what I'll say: a, a couple, a couple, maybe two months ago or so, we had uh, we had Yo Schiller on, uh, my mm-hmm. buddy Bradley, and he actually lent me a copy of Pokemon Heart Gold. Heart Gold. That's what it was. It's was either Heart Gold mm-hmm. or Soul Silver. I can't remember which one. And so I so to say that I haven't played a mainstream Pokemon game is perhaps a little disingenuous. What I'm trying to say is I don't recognize a lot of the new generations of Pokemon. No, that's the same for me. I mean, I played the I played the old school mainline games, and I'll right. I pick them up and play them here and there. I'm just like not. I mean, you guys know how it is. Like we're all gamers, and so I wouldn't I wouldn't claim to be a hardcore Pokemon gamer. I right. I pick them up, I play them, I, I check them out, I see where they're at. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a mi- like the new Pokemon's are mysteries to me, and I just get super right. excited if I see Bulbasaur. Well, <laughs> well, but that's so that that's the funny part about playing. To me, that's the interesting part about playing this game as kind of a lapsed uh, Pokemon fan. Because yeah. I'm going in, I'm going into this jungle and being like, "Who that? What the hell is that thing swinging from the trees?" And then, like, you turn the corner, it's like, "Oh, dang! It's Arbok!" Like, I know Arbok. Like, I know yeah, that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, Which I find actually really charming and cool. Well, you know, like exactly, it's great. There's some weird designs that they've gotten yeah, into over that I the had years. No <laughs> idea about which is it. Kind of does feel like I'm rediscovering in a in a more low stakes way what yeah. makes Pokemon exciting is like, no. instead of having to go in and be like, all right, I got to figure out these types and weaknesses and grind and grind and grind. It's honestly and, a and... really fun way of discovering yeah. through like well, yeah. p- photography. I mean, that's pretty awesome. 
for exactly. me, that's that's why it's like the perfect game because it it does kind of encapsulate all the things that I do love about the Pokemon series. Like I love the monsters and I love the world, and I don't really love the JRPG light grind of the Pokemon games. Like I like them for like a, a little while, and then I'll be like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Um, but I just really love the mechanic. And to your point about like you know just putting on a course and and playing at the end of the night, like it's th- this n- new Pokemon Snap is just like a really good chill out game like it's just you are enjoying yourself going through a course and taking pictures and i mean to the idea of like it being like just more pokemon snap like i get that critic i don't even know why that's a criticism because like there was only the exactly. one exactly yeah, exactly i don't, I, don't I, I, yeah, I feel true. like i feel like people think it's a criticism but it's like no it's exactly what you said it's like no it's it's a sequel it's the only sequel yeah and it's really really well done like it's it's very sharp like everything works extremely well um you know it's it's definitely much much better than the original if you take the time to go back and play the n64 version like there's so much more stuff in there so much more stuff to do um the mechanics work more fluidly like i i mean i think so anyways i love the original but i think it's improved okay i will say this there was a couple of features and again i'm not i'm only maybe six courses into the game i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not all that far i'm really taking so, my yeah, time with it to to give a little uh, reference i'm i'm at the end i'm at i think what is the oh, last okay. like main stage so I've, I've seen most of the game i think at this point. okay great yeah so yeah. i've only gotten to um the there's the the ocean level with the beach and the reef yeah that's great and I then you get to level. go underwater yep which is cool and then i'm on the like the desert zone as well so i i, I imagine that's about halfway through that sounds about right yep okay so that being said, I feel as though there are a couple features that might be missing, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm imagining this. In the original Pokemon Snap, was there not a way to speed up your little car? That speed up does. That does come. Am I am I insane? That does come. Okay, great. No, awesome. yeah, right, that cool. that was there was a feature, and it does come. I think it's actually the last. Okay. Like they they actually really drip feed the little uh, extra yes. things, and we, okay, uh, that's we the should, last okay. one. We should we should back up and talk a little yeah, bit about the structure yeah. of this game because I, right. I think the way they drip feed upgrades and courses is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original Pokemon Snap, just to provide kind of a, a basis for comparison, the original Pokemon Snap, you arrive on an island, Professor Oak is like, hey, you're Todd, I need you to go snap pictures of all these Pokemon. Go for it. And then you just kind of cruise along these courses. You can toss apples and you can toss pester balls. And you eventually earn a Pokemon flute to to make Pokemon dance or react in certain ways. And the way that game worked is that each course was kind of like a mini puzzle mm-hmm. to or rather a, a, a series of a series of mini puzzles to try to get certain Pokemon to appear so you could snap pictures of them. Oftentimes it was like, okay, can you lure the three Magnemites together to form a Magneton? Can right. you knock the Magikarp into a waterfall to evolve it into a Gyarados, like that kind of stuff. So you're kind of cruising along these courses. You're trying to, to make certain Pokemon appear. And there wasn't a lot. There was, what, maybe five or six? I don't quite remember. It's been so many years since I played the original game. Maybe five or six courses? Yeah, I feel like it wasn't a ton. Um, it wasn't a ton. Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't even the original full 151. It was It was, like, not that many Pokemon. Uh, that said, it was pretty cool to to play courses over and over again and and realize like oh wait there's secrets to be unlocked there's you can you can find the legendary birds you can find you know eventually Mewtwo like all you know or 
or was it Mewtwo or Mew? Mew, you can find Mew. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool little concepts. So the way this game handles that, uh, you're, you're an entirely new character uh, that you choose your appearance, uh, your gender. You arrive on a, a different set of islands, kind of a little ecosystem. The guy who's running a research facility there, Professor Mirror, Listen, doesn't hold a candle to Professor Oak. I think we can all agree. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Hard agree on that. What about, yeah. what about, did you say his name was Todd, the original Todd, protagonist? Todd shows back up. Todd shows yeah. back oh, up. Oh, interesting. I didn't know and that. It's, you know what? I did get a little swell of nostalgia when, like, grown-up Todd shows up. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it may, cool. I didn't even make, know he had a name. It makes you feel old. <laughs> it makes you feel, certainly makes yeah. you feel old. But, but oh, it, hey, it, it Todd. Felt, yeah. He's like, hey, what's up? Like, it's me. Um... <laughs> Todd spent, you know, he backpacked through Europe for a few years. Like he's, you know, he's been he's been doing it for a while. <laughs> but so there's a, you know, there's a small little cast of characters. There's a little bit more of a narrative thrust in New Pokemon Snap. Um, <laughs> Sorry, a little to laugh. bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Narrative Listen, thrust. I get it. The word thrust. I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're kind of following the the exploits of a a Pokemon researcher from, a, what, like 100 years ago or something like that. Right. This old adventurer who's kind of a Charles Darwin-esque figure and that he's, like, really studied the, the ecosystem and he wrote all these notes and all these books about it. And so Professor Mirror is like, okay, I want to follow this old researcher, researcher's path to to try to find some cool phenomenon called the Illumina phenomenon. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out what the mystery is behind that. So over the course of the game... Professor Mirror and Todd and these two other younger characters who are kind of more in line with your player character age, uh, Rita and uh, oh, what's the other one's name? Oh goodness, I don't know. Well, there, there's like there's there's Rita and there's another character as well who comes with Todd. So there's like a, there's like a nice little cast of characters who are interacting with you as you're cruising along this game. And the way the way that new courses are unlocked is rather than like finishing a course and moving on to the next one. You have to hit a certain research level for each course before you can move on. So you're you're kind of tasked with replaying courses multiple times instead of just cruising through it once, maybe two times. You're encouraged to replay them over and over and over again. And uh, the way you earn, the way you raise your research level is by capturing Pokemon in different in different environments, in different poses. So you're basically at the at the end of every course. Professor Mirror is like, "All right, let's see what you got," and you show him your, your photos, and he's giving you scores based on those photos. And once your total scores accumulate to a certain level, like like you know fifty thousand points or whatever it is, then it's like, "Great, now you're level two. Oh wait, now you can explore this same course at night." Or it's like, "Okay, you reached a hundred thousand points. Okay, great. Now you can explore a new path in this course." Like it it, it just keeps giving you new ways to play courses which i found really really cool and, and very different compared to the original game yeah that aspect is, is totally engaging for sure it, it's a good it's a good gameplay loop that makes you just want to keep going through and capturing pictures of pokemon yeah you give it uh more than <laughs> I, lo- I love you outlining the, the the broad strokes of the story and the extraneous characters which to me are just like i can't hit a fast enough to get to the oh, listen, <laughs> to the... <laughs> don't don't i'm not saying i'm not saying that i was engaged by the story i'm just marty saying just wants fair. to see the bubasaur smile i just want to see the bubasaur I just yeah. want to get to that. I just want to get to that matchup pose. Um, <laughs> you just oh want to vibe God, yes. with the Bulbasaur. That's all there is. 
Yeah, no, that's you did an admirable job of of describing the the broad contours, and it made me think of a couple of aspects of it too that are like I'm, I mean I don't know like I, I really love this game and I recommend it to anyone who is interested in what we're talking about taking pictures of Pokemon. And if you're not, I doubt you're listening anymore. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, um, it does. It's got it's got like some little hiccups to it. Like I, I so uh, periodically you'll hit like one of those. Um, You'll, you'll make a discovery based on the Darwinesque uh, research of the past, and you'll get to take the pictures of an Illumina Pokemon. And I, I don't know I, I don't know how you felt about it, but for me, those levels were a little less engaging in general. Oh, like well, it's, they're, they're, you have to follow yeah. one Pokemon and like kind of like, there's like a little yeah there's like a little trick to like what you're supposed to do to catch them or something like Can that. Can I just say I love how you guys are like Darwin eyes. <laughs> That's what it's all Sounds about, baby. so ridiculous with Pokemon, yes. but at the same time, it's like it doesn't because of like the whole evolution theme and all that. Yeah, it's all it's all part of it. I'm talking about Excelsior. Darwin Explorer, of course. Mm-hmm. Excelsior, oh, that's man. us. Um, yeah, the Illumina levels, meh. Like I'm a yeah, little mixed on them. Um, it's, it's like, for example, the very first one, you encounter a uh, oh boy, Meganium, Meganium. <laughs> yeah, Meganium. It's uh, the Chikorita's final. <laughs> yeah, Meganium. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Chikorita's final evolution. And your pal and Bradley like, said it was his favorite Pokemon. <laughs> no, no, he like no, he likes Bayleaf. He likes. Oh, he likes Bayleaf. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, oh wait, right, can right, we yeah. just stop for a second and do favorite Pokemon's? <laughs> like, let's talk some favorite Pokemon's. Uh, it's got to be Alakazam. It's got to be Blastoise. Oh, it's got to be Jigglypuff. The big three. <laughs> wow, you took you took three. I'm 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 I am I I know I mentioned my love of Bulbasaur, but I'm all, I am a Psyduck man in my heart. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I see real, it. Man. I see it. Oh, I love that Psyduck. He's such a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mark, what about you? Uh, probably Mew. I mean, I, I love him. Uh, Mareep, obviously. And then I, I gotta go with Bulbasaur. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Where <laughs> so adorable. How could you yeah. not? So, but there's but a like, lot of that's... these crazy new ones that are turning my head now. You know, there's... yeah, like the Corgi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a staple. Yamper. Yeah. That's true. But uh, I, I sorry, think yeah, the... I interrupted. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, but that is sort of the delight of this game is seeing the Illumina Pokemon. Like whatever, it's there. It's basically whatever Pokemon it is with a glowy filter on it. Um, so, you know, those are those, those stages are all right. But the, the cool part of this game is, I think, exploring each course at a different research level and exploring each course in the daytime or the nighttime. Because yeah. you really do get to see a, a, a tremendous variety of different Pokemon doing different things. So, like, for example, if you, if you show up at night... You know, a lot of the Pokemon are sleeping, but then you also get those those ones that are active only at night, which is actually really cool. Or, in for I keep going back to that that uh that first course just because I've played it so many times. But in in the first course, if you go in the daytime, you can kind of make out a hoot hoot hiding in one of the trees. Mm-hmm. You can like see it's it's you can see like its little foot sticking out. But then if you go at night, it's like its eyes are open. It's like hopping around. It's doing you know nighttime owl things that you wouldn't get during the day. So like little aspects like that. I think really do add up to make it feel like like each course and each time and each research level has its own unique properties. Yeah, and they I mean they're delightful too. And like, you know, the like the first thing that you get. So it's interesting that you brought up like the way that the original 
interaction worked where you would sort of be pushing it to kind of like figure out a puzzle. Whereas in this year, it's more like you're interacting with an environment to make things happen. It feels a little mm. more organic, though there's certainly moments when you're trying to do one thing or another. And like the first thing that they give you is the fluff fruit is what they call it. But it's just an oh, apple. Yes, they... And <laughs> I well, find it very... so funny. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so they, they, they eliminated the pester ball, which is like, because I think that they were like, oh, we don't want to like create an idea where you're just like throwing mean things at, at Pokemon to annoy them. That's 100, so 100% it. <laughs> so instead, you just walk around, you drive around throwing apples at Pokemon, like mercilessly. Well, and it's funny because you're constantly per, per, throwing them. <laughs> Professor Mirror or somebody goes very, maybe it's one of the other characters, goes very out of their way to say like, oh, these fruit are so extremely light Pokemon they it's like it tickles them it's like yeah like yeah they're really trying to hammer home they're really trying to hammer home the point that like you're not hurting the pokemon like the pokemon are fine like you are definitely throwing apples at pokemon half the time like that's like let's just get Peta off our back (laughs) it's so funny um yeah, that being said, I, I threw an apple at uh, Sharpedo earlier today, and it got very oh, mad nice. at me, and, which was very cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, those Sharpedos, they're a little scary, man. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. They come it's, at you. Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, so, yeah, you're just pelting them with, with apples. But the, the cute part is, of course, getting the Pokemon to, like, get into a specific pose or perform a specific action which is always to me very very satisfying. So so how something that they did and that they implemented in New Pokémon Snap, which I think is kind of great and adds a lot to the replayability, is that so you're trying to get the Pokémon, obviously you're trying to photograph unique Pokémon. You're also trying to photograph each unique Pokémon doing specific things. Right. So each time you photograph them doing something different, you earn a certain number of stars. So it's like you you can fo- you can photograph, you know, uh a Grookey five different times, but if you only capture it like running around on the ground, it's only going to count as a one-star photo. But if you manage to capture that same Pokemon like eating food or like riding on the back of another Pokemon or, you know, doing something else, it gives it like a different ranking. It gives it like a three-star ranking or a four-star ranking. So like you're really encouraged to not only take pictures of different Pokemon, but take pictures of the same Pokemon doing different things which is really i don't know again it just adds a lot to the experience i think it does no i agree i think it's fun i think i i i really enjoy it and it gets me to play levels again and again i have like a slight butt to that which is like i i find i find the point system enjoyable and engaging but i also find it sometimes frustrating and opaque because oh, it's like, incredibly arbitrary uh, you all, know, the, all all professor mirror seems to care about is and i quote whether or not your pokemon is nice and big yeah and it's uh <laughs> well there are things like there are like little parameters and you start to like learn like what he's looking for it's whether your pokemon's like looking right at the camera if it's centered right. but then the, there's because there are two systems going on there's like how well how well you took the picture but then there's the uniqueness of the pose and that's how you get the stars right. and then you can get bronze stars and like i mean your gamer's heart can start to really uh curl oh, yeah. up into a little ball sometimes when you're oh, just yeah. trying Listen, to get that, I, that four star I, the bulbasaur i was gonna say I, I, <laughs> the, the worst is getting like the three or the four star pose but with the bronze stars yeah it's like ah like that was a unique pose if only i had gotten that same pose but with the but i you know had better composition i could get the platinum star instead it's like 
well, it can be a little bit a little bit of a, a an annoying thing to like get the unique pose but not take a very good photo of that pose cuz like a huge part of the game loop that's sort of this unspoken part where you're going to spend half your time is like you take whatever 72 photos but then you have to choose the best one of each pokemon that, and you can and only show and you can only choose one you can only choose <laughs> one yeah like you can only choose oh, one of each to pokemon. give to, to give to P- professor mirror and you know yeah. like if you if you happen to need a one star and a two star it's you got a real sophie's choice in there <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time anybody has ever compared sophie's choice to pokemon um nah <laughs> yeah I, I would say i would say for uh for anybody who's inter- like you know, shout outs to the completionist. Trying to complete this game will be a nightmare. Like no, just, I know. I don't you know think it's mean? in the cards for me. I mean, I'm gonna. I'll take it further. I'll. 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 I'll, oh, I'll yeah. beat it, and I, I will probably get most of them up to the third research level. I think, but because oh, yeah, as, no, as you again, say, it's, it's like fun. it's neat. Yeah, it's it's neat yeah, to see it, the different settings because they really do. They change. They change a lot. Like each research level actually changes a lot. Sometimes it changes things enormously. There's a couple yeah. of boards where like you're basically on a whole other path and yes. and there's all this new stuff and you're like wow i mean and it's it's a i mean it's it's really it's just fun to be riding around you're you're basically on like a little haunted house carnival ride taking pictures and it's just you yeah know, it's you're just, on rails, it's very so. very soothing uh yeah. one thing uh kind of going back to replaying levels what do you think about the request system Oh my gosh, the I barely pay attention to it. Here's the thing with mm. it. I, I like it. I like that it's there. Um, I actually wish they had streamlined it a little bit because it, right. I get overwhelmed by it. Like I oh go, my gosh, I, yeah. So so to explain, the request system is like they'll 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 give you. Uh, so it'll suddenly pop up that there will be a request for something very very specific on a level. It'll be like you need to make Arbok fall out of a tree, and that's like a special thing. And then if you get it, you're awarded like whatever one of eight million silly badges that you get for for if you care. Yeah, about there's a that lot stuff. of a lot of stuff in this game where I'm like I don't care what this is. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, <laughs> Like, I almost wish that they would handle that more like it was like a daily request where it was like one thing came up because it, it can yeah. show you something new in the level if you're sort of like not sure what you want to do. Um, you're like, oh, that's neat. I didn't realize I could maybe make that happen if you if you dig in and, and pay attention. But by and large, at this juncture, I'm kind of ignoring the requests. So how are you dealing with it? Uh, honestly, same. Like I, I try to keep up with the first, you know, t- two or three of them. But then yeah. at a certain point, it's like, wow, I've got 30 requests to, like, find something really unique that I know I'll have to, like, pay very close attention to. And I, I just don't think it's going to happen, you know, replaying every single course just to get one tiny little photo. Yeah, they pile um, them on. And, I mean, there are, like, systems within systems, too. If you, like, you can dig into the menus and it shows you every Pokemon you found and all the different maps. And, I mean, cheers to them for doing all that stuff. But... By and large, I'm just there to take pictures of of, of Raichu on a surfboard. You know. It's like... Oh my gosh, <laughs> aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? Um, but th- that being said, I, I am. You know, I'm hugely enjoying it. Have you posted? Have you linked up your your profile to any of your social media so you can like post your pictures online? I actually haven't played with that too much. I I mean, I like the pictures that get taken in it, but I haven't fallen in love with like the actual photographs in the same way that I am a huge fan of it in Animal Crossing. I have like an enormous collection of photos. I think it just it feels a little less personal to me, so I'm not as That's like fair. tied to it. And and similar to, you know, what what we were saying before, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just I, I'm just not as into the all of the new Pokemons. Like I, I think the ones that right. I get the most excited about is when I see one of the real old school Pokemons who I love. And I do I actually try a little harder to get cooler shots of those guys. I'm I'm um, with you. Like in the very first area, like of course, right out of the gate, Pikachu's like right there. Yeah. Which I which I appreciate. Like and he and he's being cute. He's running around with some other Pokemon, like they're I still, around. I, I still love him. I still love Pikachu. I still love, love Pikachu. I love him. Yeah, I I wanna get all those <laughs> I want to get all those cute Pikachu pictures like right away. So I, I appreciate that right out of the gate that we were throwing the old school fans a, fun, uh, a bone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should ask because Cameron, you played through the original. Are there any references to the original in like a Pokemon's pose or like something like that? That's a great question. Um, so obviously you got like you know you got returning characters like Todd. I. Let's see here. Obviously, we got like like Marty just said, the right you on a surfboard. I know in the original, yeah, that's a, a that's a callback. Yeah, that's like but a now it's like a right Alolan uh, Raichu, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like it's his a new little, form. Yeah, a since he is riding yeah. a surfboard in that uh, form. Yeah, off the top of my head, I I don't know. Like, I'm sure I would be shocked if there weren't more. Like, oh my gosh, this thing is a direct callback to that thing. Like, I'm sure there are moments of that. I, I personally think, haven't seen any. Yeah, I think there's got to be more that's the only one that i actually noticed too because yeah there's the legendary little um scene with pikachu on a surfboard in the original and now there's raichu on a surfboard but, right or like yeah. balloon pikachu or whatever like yeah I'm, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm sure that returns um i i don't think there's going to be anything quite as iconic as like the jigglypuff singing with the microphone right or, and not, does it, i guess i don't know if it has a microphone i might be i might be conflating that with with the tv show in my mind but I remember there was a you could get like a little Jigglypuff concert in the original. I don't think there's yeah. going to be anything as iconic as that, but you know, it remains to be seen. Oh, I love Jigglypuff. Yeah, the best. <laughs> That's why it's in the top three. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good game. I I think I think that if you are a if you've been keeping up with Pokemon, if you know all the all the new generations, like you'll you might have a a more like not not a more enjoyable time but you might have a more like meaningful time for me a lot of these guys i'm like yeah i don't know what that is like i'll take a picture of it because the game wants totally me to do. take a picture of it <laughs> but uh but you know I'm, I'm not like you know freaking out oh my gosh it's you know i can't even name any of them oh my gosh it's friggin that butterfly <laughs> I like i have no idea uh, yeah <laughs> they they're in one ear not the other i know the names are so exactly bananas. yeah or, or so on the them. nose you know it's like it's shoe rabbit hey look it's a shoe with bunny ears <laughs> so funny i love that's, that's what it, that's what it feels like to me sometimes um <laughs> not like the originals were any you know friggin no any great shakes but uh it's pretty funny uh that said it's it's very much enjoyable uh, and, and if you are into into sharing your photos the game does give you a lot of tools a lot of filters a lot of stickers a lot of things to to edit your photos with which is neat like i, I again i'm not super into that kind of stuff i i don't particularly care that much about it but for the people who are you know invested in that i think it's neat that the option is there yeah it is i mean there's a lot of like neat like yeah there's all this neat little depth that if you have a mind to go in there you can get into it and i mean and there's an aspect just of like the 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 game in and of itself that i love i know it's not a novel idea to call it out but i just love the fact that 
what they what they did with the original and what the gameplay does is it takes essentially the the game mechanics of of a shooter you know i mean this is a it's a gun game and and you're shooting pokemon um but instead of shooting at them with a gun you're taking their pictures and i just think that that's kind of wonderful because we use guns so instinctively in so many games and don't get me wrong i'm not a prude i've shot many 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 creatures and people in the head uh and gotten very good at it over the years but he's, not I also... about, he's not even talking about video games <laughs> don't get me started on my other life um but you know i i just think it's nice i think it's like i think it's an, it's always nice to me to see novel approaches to interactivity that don't involve walking around and being a gun and i think i think they did a great job with it and in this game i, I loved it i loved it actually i'm really enjoying it I recently yeah. played uh, Bug Snacks on PS5. And, ah, uh, yeah. Like, that sort of has made me... I was never too intrigued by Pokemon Snap. I always liked the concept of it because I love photography. But I was, like, never, I guess, buying, like, a $60 game for it. And I only played the original a little bit in the past. But uh, I think I'm going to pick up this one. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think... I don't know, Mark. I think you might get something out of it. Especially because, like, you have that cool camera that we were talking about in the mm -hmm. opening segment. And, like... You and you like messing around with stickers and filters and things like that. I think you might get a little more out of it, maybe. Oh, what about the? Uh, you mentioned it before the pre-order uh, bonus. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. so uh, it, I mean, it's not much. I, I might have built it up to be more than it is. It is simply a photo frame. Uh, that it's like a cool Pokemon Snap photo frame. But I, I thought at first I got really excited because I was like, oh man, this is one of those like cool you can like send pictures to it and it'll like appear, but it's like, no, no, it's just literally a frame. Um, <laughs> but it's like a real life frame. Like it's a like, physical yeah, it's object. Like a, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like a physical frame. You can, you can magnet oh. it to your fridge or, or stand it up. Like it's neat. Um, I think that rules. A, I'm actually super jealous. That's very cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture in the, in the chat later. Um, Cameron, yeah, just dress your, uh, dress your cat up as Mew and then just, put that's in all there. I've, <laughs> all I've ever wanted. Um, but yeah, it would be, it would be cooler if I had the, the Instax mini link printer to print a picture and put in the cool photo frame. Cause as it stands, I just have the frame with nothing in it. How big is the frame? <laughs> just it's like, like a four by six, like a standard. Oh, so that wouldn't even fit these. This is like, they're, they're way smaller than that. Oh yeah. 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 I guess. Yeah, well, you could, you could like put it like a matte background or something, you know? Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Listen, I know about matte backgrounds. Don't even worry about it. Um, <laughs> well, la di da. That's me, Mr. Fancy Photographer Man. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Anything else we want to kind of say about new Pokemon Snap? I saw Walmart had uh, Pikachu hats as, like, a uh, the pre-order bonus, and I was intrigued by that. Oh. They're like Pikachu beanies. Man, I got to get in on these oh. bonuses. This is cool. <laughs> the one other small... Uh, 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 Apple, I would hurl at the game is that there, there are there are moments in it when you don't really know how the heck you're supposed to move forward. Yes, <laughs> you may hard, you hard may not agree. have you may not have hit like there's there's a couple of spots where I was just like ah this is it, it is unclear to me what I should do here, Professor Mirror. You are not yeah. helping me at at all. And, it's and, funny because like yeah. half the time they're very like you need to do this thing. Yeah to to move on and there are times they're like all right bye like and it, it makes you leave you to your own devices it makes you feel like you've missed something terribly obvious until you figure it out and you're like no that was not terribly obvious <laughs> so if you're in there and you're scratching your head you know uh it's, it's probably not you it's the game yeah well, i think that's an important thing to keep in mind like at, at the end of the day it's it's uh it's meant to be replayed over and over and over and over again so it, it it doesn't shock me to hear that 
there's like some kind of opaque design choices in there because they want people to be kind of in this game for a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that being said, it's still a, a very enjoyable romp, and I think it goes a long way towards, you know, just reminding people why they love Pokemon and why they love this long forgotten franchise in general. To to be able to return to it is really cool. So I would say sub franchise. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, is it a franchise if it's only had two entries in twenty years? I don't know. <laughs> what is Perhaps that Pokemon not. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll call it that. the the spinoff the spinoff titles. Um, it's still a great game, and people uh, are yeah, only if, killing if you... each other for cards at Target. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh yeah, they, no. they, Goodness gracious! I heard they stopped. I heard they stopped selling cards for that for that exact reason. <laughs> they did. Um, yeah. So yeah, if, if you want to participate in Pokemon and not you know associate it with direct violence, then yeah, maybe check out New Pokemon Snap. Uh, so that being said, we're going to take a quick little break, and then we have a, a little smorgasbord of indie games to talk about for our spotlight, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back. spotlight for you so a i guess we can call it a sequel or a follow-up to the crafting survival game subnautica called subnautica below zero just dropped last week and i've been playing that on my switch kind of off and on over the last couple of weeks and i've been very much enjoying it so what is your guys's experience with kind of the crafting genre your minecrafts your terrarias have you guys played any of those minecraft's cool I mean, um, okay, listen, I have not played any of these. So this ah. is my, this is my first, uh, dive, if you will, into this genre is the Subnautica below zero, uh, game. And it's, it's honestly totally not what I was expecting. I, I assumed it would be like, okay, you're scrounging around, you're trying to build your little base, you, you know, you cut down trees, you build a raft, like, what? I like, I didn't really know what was going on. It's not that, it's something entirely different. So, how the game works is it starts off with this sci-fi, because, you know, some sci-fi nonsense, uh, you're, you're flying through space, you are a character who is trying to find her lost sister, or her presumed deceased sister, who is off on another, some ice planet off in the middle of nowhere in some distant galaxy. So you are flying out there to try to find her remains or find her or find any evidence of what happened to her. So you crash land on this planet and it's it's 
it, from there, it's kind of like, all right, you can you can scrounge around to try to find evidence of what she's been up to. You can craft your own base to kind of carve out a little existence for yourself. And uh, I should specify, I say you crash land. You don't really crash land so much in this one. You're kind of like landing there. You're 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 going there by choice. So it's not like like oh my god, I'm I'm being sent here all all on my own. Like you're 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 choosing to go to this distant planet. Things don't go very well of course, when you finally get there. But, like, the character is making the choice to go to this planet to to find evidence of what's going on. Of course, when you get there, you know, you get struck by an asteroid or something and your, your ship spins off. So then you are forced into kind of a survival state. But from there, there's, uh, there's like, other mysteries to unfold. So you're trying to find your sister. She, your sister worked for this... this uh, this corporation, you know, this, you know, your, your classic sci-fi space corporation who's like maybe doing bad things on this planet. So you're kind of stumbling across old science outposts. There's evidence of this far-flung alien civilization who's also has made a living or a presence on this planet. So you're finding evidence of that culture. There's also like you can just your character, the player character is a xenobiologist. So you're trying to like catalog all these different life forms and species on this planet too so you can really kind of make whatever game you want out of it which i found utterly fascinating i was kind of playing it straight i had survival mode turned on so your character gets fatigued she can starve to death she can run out of water she can uh, freeze to death if you're on the surface of the planet for too long and if you're underwater for too long you can run out of oxygen so you're kind of trying to find the balance between keeping your food meter topped up, keeping your oxygen level stable, not freezing to death, eating enough food. And, and in the midst of doing all this, you're trying to craft better and better structures, better and better vehicles that make your exploration more efficient. Once the loop gets you, it's very difficult to put down. And especially like on the Switch, being able to kind of like cruise around and, and craft your heart's content in portable mode is, is really cool. Because the game looks great. It's like there's a lot of undersea stuff. That's kind of the draw of this game, Subnautica, and the the game that came before it, is these beautiful, very otherworldly underwater environments. So, like, obviously there's the surface world. It's kind of, like, glacial. It's very arctic, freezing cold. There's little penguins that run around, or they call them penguins. They're, like, alien penguins. And, uh... But where it really gets interesting is when you go under the surface and you see these, like, bioluminescent ferns and, like, very weird, like, uh, uh, forgetting the term, like, hypothermal geysers that are underwater being, you know, like, all the different crazy alien crustaceans that live underneath the surface or, like, weird sharks that chase you or whatever. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard to grapple with. This game is truly what you want to make of it. If you want to make it a, a hardcore survival sim, you can. For a second playthrough I started up recently, I, I turned off the survival mode because I was like, ah, this is a little too much to manage for me. I'm just going to cruise through it without having to worry about my food and, and water intake. I just kind of want to experience the game. Playing that is a, is a completely different game than trying to do the survival mode. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating, fascinating game. If you are intrigued by, like, I, I would watch a trailer or something. If you're intrigued by, like, the premise of it, it's like, what is it like to live on a hostile alien environment? Then, like, if that concept tickles something in you, I think it might be worth might be worth looking at. Um, it, it does tickle yeah. me, for sure. I mean, I like games <laughs> like that. <Good. laughs> I'm, I'm tickled, no. Um, I, I like <laughs> games like that. Um, 
that's really interesting that you can turn the survival mode off and it gives you a whole different experience. Yeah, um, I will say you have to you have to choose that option from the beginning. So I had I had to start a new playthrough to do that. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you can't like flip it on and off as you please. At least in, in at least in this this current version. I don't know if that's like an update they can add, but like you you do have to start a new run if you want to experience that in that way. But it, but it's it's kind of customizable too cuz cuz not only can you turn like the hunger and the water off you can also turn off like damage and it's, just like um, yeah i just want to craft i just want to craft you know you can just like do that too it's not a roguelike right like you're there's like a story unfolding there is a story unfolding so so kind of as you're going along you're coming across different like leftover like uh, they call them pdas basically audio logs so you're, mm -hmm. you're stumbling across these audio logs that detail oh here's what happened to the the former scientists who were who were here with your with the player character's sister, like you're you're stumbling across things that propel you to deeper and deeper areas of the map. Um, but again, the game never like forces you to do anything. Uh, they just kind of will pop up organically. So it's like, oh, you crafted this little submersible that can take you deeper than you could just by diving in your flippers. Like, okay, cool. Now, like a like a, a beacon. It like points you towards like, hey, now you can go collect this thing. That oh, maybe that's pretty appealing to me. Before. That's interesting. It's neat. It's like it's kind of a slow burn. So like the the more tools and things that you craft, the more the game is like, all right, now you can do this. Now you can do this. Like, oh, there's this outpost way over here. If you want to take a look at it, like it, it does kind of string you along. Is um, um is there any combat? Okay, so it's interesting what you mentioned earlier about Pokemon Snap not like being an interesting way to interact in the Pokemon world with no combat. Mm -hmm. So I remember, I, I can't remember if I heard it in, an, in another podcast or read it in an interview, but the, the team behind the original Subnautica, the creator was like, yeah, I want to make a, a kind of a survival slash crafting game without any combat. And this below zero does carry that forward. So there are, there are things that can kill you. Like there's like mm. big alien sharks or like little parasites that can eat you up. You can, you know, obviously you can drown in the water if you run out of oxygen. You can freeze to death on the surface of the game or the surface of the of the glacier. But there's no like, all right, I've got my, you know, electro harpoon and I'm going to go kill all these fish. Like you can't do that. Um, you can craft a little knife to, you know, to cut seaweed to craft other things. Or you can like, you know, pry seashells off the wall to craft those into things. But as far as I understand, you can't, like, slash these big fish to death or anything like that. It's, like, it's kind of seems to be pointing you towards, all right, if a big shark's coming after you, you set off a flare and you swim the hell away. It's not, it's not about, oh, I overcame this giant eel by killing it. It's like, no, you just kind of found a way around it or you distracted it and swam past it or whatever. So it's not I... really combat in that way. No, I like that. I actually that 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 appeals to me. That's the kind of game that I like to play. And it, some of what you're describing reminds me a little of a game that I actually reviewed for this site, Journey to the Savage Planet. Um, oh, right. I remember that came out a, a few months ago, right? I met a year yeah, ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it, I loved the exploration in that game. It had a much more humorous bend, but it was like you're exploring this wildly alien planet. Um, it wasn't crafting. There's something about the, the like the finding yourself in an exotic world that it's like uh, reminding me of that a little bit. But what I disliked about that was the combat, where I felt like that 
that side of it was just like, I mean, I, I don't mind combat in a game, but I want it to be well implemented and it felt like it got a little lost in the mix. And so I, was, I, I would rather just, just be surviving on an alien planet. That sounds super cool. To yeah. Me, th- this one is, is definitely more of that below zero is very much interested in finding a way to survive. That's not like killing everything around you and harvesting their pelts or anything like that. Like you can like, there are some little fish that will swim up to you and you can grab those and, you know, craft them for, for parts. Like there's a fish called a bladder fish. And if you take that and you combine that with another item, you make one of those, um, I don't know what it's called, but there's a, there's a tool that scuba divers use that will like basically rocket you to the surface of the ocean um, very quickly. Like it's basically like, like letting oxygen out of a tank and it's like, mm-hmm. you can kind of hang onto it and, and float. It's like a, like a buoy. Right, like kind yeah. of like a life-saving buoy, so you can like craft one of those out of a little fish, but it's not like you've skinned this fish and you ripped out its insides. It's like no, you just like put it in your inventory and then you put it on the crafting table. It's 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 very like for as dangerous and uh, wild as this alien planet is, it's not a very bloody or violent planet. I would say. That's cool. Um, it sounds pretty intriguing, actually. My final question is, does it matter if you've played the first one? Not that I can tell. I haven't played the first one at all. Well, there you go. <laughs> from, from, what I, from what I understand, this game is a, a new set of characters. I could be wrong about this. I, I, I think it's a, a new group of people that you're dealing with. Like, maybe there's some similar concepts and similar... Like, obviously, the concept is the same in that it's, like, it's an alien planet, and it's largely focused on being underwater. Like, obviously, that part is the same, but it's not like the events of Subnautica 1 have caused us to, you know, like, I don't, I don't cool. think it's it's anything quite like that. Like, I'm having, I'm, I'm following along just fine, having not played the first one. Um, and I'm the voice acting is good. It. No, it's it's surprisingly good. Because I, I, I tried it, I tried it, like, two years ago on the Xbox yes, on One Xbox. S, and it ran so poorly. I, I just kind of yeah. gave up, which so I, was I was interested in the to, concept, but yeah. I was about to say, Mark, I will say this. I did hit a pretty annoying bug playing on Switch. I was just, and like, it truly came out of nowhere. I was like, and it was, it was, it stinks because it was right when it was really cooking for me. I had kind of stumbled across some interesting story beats that I was not expecting um, related to. Well, I mean, no spoilers, but related to uh, the potential other alien life on the planet, uh, other sentient life. And I was, like, just getting geared up. I I had just crafted a really cool, it's called a sea truck, like a really cool little one-man submersible. And I was like, all right, I'm cruising through. I've got, like, good items. My health is topped up. I have an inventory full of snacks. Like, I'm going to be great. And then out of nowhere, the game just crashed on me. Like, Like, an error has occurred we apologize for any inconvenience. And then I loaded it back up and I had lost literally two hours of progress. Oh, and I was like, well, oh, it, sucks. it sucks in like a crafting game too. Cause a lot of a crafting game is all right. I've gathered five gold and five kelp and six wires. And now I've, you know, it's like, ah, do I really want to go back and, and craft and find all those things again? So like that was a little annoying. So hopefully with future updates and things, they can iron some of that stuff out on the switch. I imagine I haven't I haven't checked out this game on uh, Xbox One S or or PS Five or any of those next gen things yet. I, I imagine it looks and runs better on one of those than it does on the Switch. Uh, but that said, you know, of course, the the Switch factor, the portability is really cool with this kind of game. 
So I'm, I'm yeah. not sure if that kind of weighs. I don't know if that outweighs like performance or not. So I don't know. Um, I wish I had a more definitive answer on whether or not that was uh, the case. That if that was the case, exactly. Um, so I don't know. I like, and Mark, I think speaking to what you just said, I, I think if it didn't appeal to you or if you, you keep running into like crashes or anything like that, I, you know, I, I would say like, if it's not for you, it's not for you, but it is very intriguing. Like once, once you get into that loop of, mm-hmm. oh man, I've only got to find two more pieces of silver before I can craft the, you know, the wiring board. And when I craft the wiring board, I can build the, you know, the vehicle platform. And if I build the vehicle platform, like there's something about that that's like very addictive. Oh yeah. I'm um, a sucker for that nonsense. Oh, are sure. you really? Oh yeah. man. Then Mark, yeah. you, you might like this game. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it, it's been out for a, a couple weeks now. I would maybe watch a couple trailers, see what you think about it. And like, it's, you know, find, find some good guides. So you're not like aimlessly swimming around trying to find random things. I would say like, don't be afraid to, to look up like, all right, what do I need to craft X, Y, and Z? Just, just to kind of like, once you craft a pair of swimming flippers and a bigger oxygen tank, the game really opens up because so much of the early part of this game is like you can only dive for like 30 seconds or something like that so so much of the early hour or so of this game is okay i gotta resurface get my breath back dive back down resurface like so much of that it can be kind of annoying but once you know what to craft it's like okay great i've got a little more like literal breathing room with a bigger oxygen tank and i can swim faster and that and that changes a lot of the interactions i think um so yeah, once once you get those first couple of upgrades, it, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, that's that's enough about me monologuing about uh, Subnautica Below Zero. It's a it's a really intriguing game. It's very fun, and uh, it is kind of a like a chill vibes experience. If you just want to like cruise around an alien ocean and see some weird fish, it has that appeal. <laughs> so if, if that 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 is my speed. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. Um, yeah. But that being said, I wanted to ask you if you're still up for it, Marty. Campbell mentioned a few weeks back his first impressions on the the longing, that weird two yes. D slow paced four hundred days game. And one of the reasons I was so excited to to bring this up was because you had mentioned earlier that you've been playing more of this game. So you, <laughs> so you have a, you have. I feel like Campbell gave us the very early impressions, like the you know the under five hour impressions. I feel like you can give us the you know couple a couple of weeks impressions. What, what, are, oh, what are your yeah. thoughts on the long? Tell us about the Tamagotchi den or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah as I, I, I as I refer to the longing as my as my goth Tamagotchi. It's um, <laughs> uh, oh the longing, the longing. Where to start? Well, you yeah, I don't. You guys did a good job covering it where uh, the basic premise is um, it takes place uh, over the course of 400 actual days. You're this little character who moves unbearably slowly and it's your job to uh, wake the king after 400 days take place. Um, But you can explore these caverns and time-based events take place and new little things emerge as you play. Um, I love this game so much i think it's beautiful i think it's a work of art um i i feel like it's for me it's one of the best examples of a game mechanic uh meeting the like the kind of story and emotional beats that the game wants to 
give you like they they merge really perfectly like uh celeste did that really well for me and like it's it's taking me to that kind of a space where it's like your character moves unbearably slowly and it's antithetical to the way that you are trained as a gamer but then you get used to it or not everyone will. Let me let me put a big asterisk on this and say not everyone will. This game will drive some people bananas. <laughs> like, <laughs> but sure. if if it's for you, it's extraordinary because you know these you you have to wait for things to happen. The loading screen is actually the word wait will appear, and I mean that is often the solution to what's going on. You know, um, you need to literally wait weeks for a stalactite to fall or a. A, a little pool to fill up with water so you can traverse this space but there are these broad puzzles that stretch over time and um you're you eventually i'm trying not to be i'm trying to tread lightly i don't want to spoil things because there's just a lot of beautiful little mysteries that on that, that sort of are uncovered as you play um but it's pretty clear pretty early on that as you decorate your home that's the way to make time pass more quickly um, and so I've been playing for a while. And at this point, if I go into my, so the, the inverse has happened where if I go into my house now, it takes up, it takes one second equals about 40 seconds. So I could let a lot of time pass inside my house. Um, or now I worry if I leave them in there for too long because I'm so obsessed with the game. I don't want to to miss the 400 days going by. So, so I, there are these there are these strange little mysteries, and you sort of puzzle after them. And the game is smartly designed. They're they're uh, incredibly rewarding. I've had moments where I've I've gasped. I've had moments where I've just been like uh, amazed, and I'm starting to see the potential endings. Uh, before me, I've actually been playing it pretty extensively with my partner, and we sort of puzzle at it together. And it, it's it is kind of an idle game though, where you know you set the guy to go from one place, and it'll take him fifteen minutes in real time to get there. But we would sort of like have it in the background and like be talking about it, and then start talking about like other things. And and it's beautiful. It's so beautifully drawn. Every screen is just this gorgeous little thing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, the art <laughs> the art style is, and I, and I think. You know, because it moves so slowly, it really forces you to focus on, yeah, <laughs> on the on the art. Yeah, yeah. So you know, more and more unfolds um, as you play it. You know, I, I if I guess if I had any little critique of it, it would be that I actually wish there was a little more gated content. Now that I'm like so far down the road, there are still some things I haven't figured out. I've been really pretty vigilant about not looking at any guides for it. It's a game that really rewards you for figuring stuff out on your own. Um, but I adore it and just can't say enough good things about it. And my little my little house is just like so decked out. Like one of the little mechanics that you can. Yeah, it's like if you can find a piece of paper, then you can do a drawing. And he'll sit there and he'll do a drawing. And while he does a drawing, time passes more quickly too. And then you find like more colors. And you so you can do more drawings in different colors. And there are these like, there's like this little grid of drawings that the character can do. And they're all these exquisite little ideas. And they're from the game and they tell their own story. It's just it's just wild. Then you can read Moby Dick. <laughs> yes, Campbell Campbell and I talked about that. I think that I was a I was a, a literature major in college, so the fact that like oh I can yeah. finally revisit Moby Dick, like <laughs> I, I yeah, I actually I have read the, my thesis. 
I read the, I read I've read Moby Dick in my real life. Um, uh, not for many many years though, so I didn't read it alongside my my shade. He's called the shade, by the way. Um, yes, yes. But um, he finished it, and, and every once in a while, you don't know which one it'll be. Every once in a while, he'll finish a book, and there'll be like a subtle little clue at the end of the book, and you're like, oh, for the lava. I mean, there's just little things just tucked away everywhere, and it's made with so much care, and it's so thoughtful and so strange. Um, you know, it's like the polar opposite of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just, it's just <laughs> wild. Uh, That's really I, funny. I, I really like it a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about it ending because I'm, I know I have to choose one of these paths and I'm, you know, I might go in again and, and see what else. There's just been I was some say, extraordinary so, yeah, moments. The, the, mil, the million dollar question is, would you go through another 400 days to see a different ending? I, well, I mean, it's, you know, as I'm indicating the the one spoiler that I'm giving is that like, it technically doesn't take 400 days if you're able to accelerate that little clock. And, um, there are certain things that I think that you could do that aren't the 400 days (laughs) too. Um, so I, I would definitely, I would, I would definitely go back in and check something else out, especially because you like, if you don't even have time to play it. you just start a new game and just leave them sitting there <laughs> and like t- time just passes in there it's, it's unbelievable yeah you know the whole concept is just so utterly fascinating um well i love it well thanks for the thanks for the uh the longing update i've actually been yeah. very intrigued to i, I could go I, on and on I, I yeah you'll have to update us when you when you finally get to the end of it. i hope you I hope you write something about the uh about the end of it whatever, whatever i would love you, you reach I would love to try to snag an interview with the with the with the creator. Actually, I'm really fascinated with this game. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, see if I hopefully, can bug him. Yeah, hopefully we can make that happen. <laughs> um, well, that being said, anything else we want to kind of talk about before we wrap it up for this week's podcast? I'm sure Campbell's listening, and he's like, "Marty loves games where you do nothing." <laughs> Animal Crossing and the walking. <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. The only, the only difference in video games. The only difference between those two is you could sit down and do the same thing with nothing else to help you. <laughs> it is one hundred percent true. I have such bad taste in video games, but I love to write about them. I used to play real games, but now I just well, I watch them on TV. Take take the take the pressure off yourself a real game is anything you anything you put your mind to marty you know what i mean yeah we don't have to all be the the dark souls experts in the world you know yeah, marty before we uh before we wrap this up uh, how many hours in animal crossing are you oh man i would have to look i mean i have, i am hundreds and hundreds of hours <laughs> i mean i'm well north of 400 i, don't I think know, i'm reaching like 200 that. soon yeah. probably yeah, i soon. i, I I actually have been woefully neglectful, though, of the little village um, <laughs> since the since I got the Sanrio stuff. The I, I got the Hello Kitty stuff. Oh, okay. And, mm-hmm. and and I loved it, and it's so cute, it's amazing. But they, I wish that they would do more updates. If they do something significant, I'll be back in in a hot second. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure we're gonna get something this summer, like the oh, uh, the cafe coming or, up. Yeah, there's gonna be some update yeah. coming. Yeah, they'll be. They, they'll they be have something. to. It's so successful. It's ridiculous. I mean, but they don't have to. They're Nintendo. They do what they want. You know. <laughs> it's Super Mario listen, Party. I was about to later. say Super Mario Party. Oh yeah. my god. So funny. <laughs> 
I love it. Well, uh, that being said, uh, I think we can probably wrap it up there. I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. I've most recently been writing a lot about Returnal, the PS5 exclusive game. So check out my articles over on that. You can follow me on Twitter over at, at @actiondaxon. And Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at the Markel, and that is Mark with a C and Cal with a K. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, if you want to check out my stuff about the Fuji film, hopefully it'll be up by the time you are listening to this. There will be two articles, a guide on how to use it if you need help, or if you just want some tips or stuff like that or want to make sure about something in the process. And then I have the review of the uh, Instax bundle, which will hopefully be out at the same time. Well, there you go. And uh, Marty, what about yourself? Um, most relevant to this podcast, I if you're interested in my video game writing, the place that it lives is on Goomba Stomp. And then I do all sorts of other weird stuff on the internet. If you put my name, Marty, and then the word stuff, it's at Marty Stuff on Instagram and all the other places, too. And a lot of that stuff is kind of video gaming. Check it out. It's fun. I love it. And, of course, you can follow NXpress on Twitter. We are at NXpressNintendo. We're also on YouTube, the NXpress Nintendo podcast. So make sure you follow, subscribe, like, retweet, all the things. More engagement helps us get more listeners, which, you know, is good for the show. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time.